Welcome to Creative Talks. My name is Rain and I'm your host. On this channel, we'll be talking everything about creativity, things that are great tips to improve your creativity. And also, we will be speaking with incredible guests on the art of entrepreneurship and how we can grow as artists. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on this channel and you can find us on YouTube and all social media platforms. What's going on, man? Last time we were on this uh, podcast, we were talking about a lot of changes. Um, there's been a lot of updates and also uh, the root of foundation when it comes down to music, but today is a new day, and um, what's your message there? What's going on in Connecticut? <laughs> we, we are bearing down the hatches in Connecticut here. Uh, it, it looks like where I'm at, since I'm in southeast Connecticut by the shore, we are under a, a blizzard warning, and it looks like we may get a 20 or possibly more than 20 inches of snow, possibly two feet of snow here. So we're just trying to stay warm, button down the hatches, uh, hopefully get ready to find some uh, good music to listen to, get ready to prepare the back for all the shoveling that I'm going to have to do, but then, you know, I'm just hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. It seems like with a new time comes a new beginning. I mean, this is a new storm for 2022. They're closing down everything. So it's like, you know. What, what, what's, what, what is going to be what, new tomorrow? What's the new norm? It seems like every day it's a, it's a new season, you know? A new season. You're right. I mean, you got to think about this, my friend. It's uh, We got 20 plus possible inches coming tomorrow, but by the end of the week, it's supposed to be uh, <laughs> 50s. <laughs> it's supposed to be back in the 50s. Everybody's like, hey, so, is that what they say? They say 20, 20, 20 inches? 20 inches. 20 plus, possibly plus, plus, they're, they're estimating 20, but there could be more, they said, depending on if it shifts. So we're just, we're just, wow. no. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a new thing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm still traumatized from all the snow that happened last year. But um, yeah. yeah, what about today? How's today's day? What's the, what's the highlight? What's, what's the highlight of the day? The highlight of the day? Mm-hmm. The highlight of the day. Hmm. I'd have to say one of the one of the videos I was not expecting on TikTok uh, is going viral. And it's uh, just a funny video I made. Um, nothing serious. Wasn't even thinking about it's going to go viral or anything like that. And I, I next thing I look when I'm literally at the grocery store, I keep getting notices. My phone phone keeps blowing up. I'm like, hmm, what's going on? Next thing I know, 38,000 views later, I'm like, oh. Okay, I guess it's going viral then. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Let it keep going. Mm. So have you figured out the secret to the algorithm? Have I figured out the secret to the algorithm? The more people, it's likes and comments, then they start pushing your video more, if I'm not mistaken. The more likes and comments you get on a video, they will start pushing that out more. So um, how do you, how do you, so how do you orchestrate this? How, what, what, how do you know what it is that 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 it takes for it to go viral, or, or you just kind of like throwing it in the wind and it's a hit to hit? So for the last, I would say, so I haven't been doing TikTok that long. I would say it's been almost a year now, and the videos that start getting popular are the videos where they show a blind reaction where it's legit a blind reaction, and people know what the blind reaction is not staged. At least that's for me. They some of the bear videos people definitely like the bear live people love people want the bear live, 
And um, before, before we, because last time, I think we tapped into a little bit. But before we start going into exactly oh, yeah. what it is that we're talking about, what are some of your links to where can people find your information? Say it again. Right, before we go into all of these different platforms, uh, just a quick reminder: what what are what, what's your link? What's your social media so people can? Oh, 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 so okay, so TikTok TikTok is action two two three four, and Instagram should be the same. Um, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna leave those two out there for everybody. Uh, Facebook, I'm gonna keep wholeheartedly to my heart just because Facebook, guys, I have to have something personal. I feel like there's too much mainstream media where it's like everybody's on Snapchat, Twitter, all this other stuff. It's like you need something that you don't need to share with people, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. keep that Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Instagram, cool, TikTok, cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not you're. What about what about your uh, your Twitter? Are you a Twitter guy? Mm-mm. My word. Old school, or is that too, is that more politician type of thing, or is it like how how, how do you how do you define your platform? How do you know what what you are? People, I would say my my platform is more TikTok, Instagram. It's more for entertainment, not just one word sentences or inspirational quotes. I know Twitter has gotten way more beyond that, but that's initially how Twitter started. So that's why I never really was on Twitter. I never really cared to post what I'm thinking about an event because in, in the bigger schemes of things, it doesn't matter what the hell I think at the end of the day, if it's that serious. I'm not, even, even if, even, I'm going to be honest with you. When Twitter came out, I'm, I'm not famous, big time famous, not big time celebrity. Even if I was a big time celebrity or big time famous, if there's a serious event that goes down, what does my, me saying something on Twitter, typing something on Twitter, how is that helping? It's not. Mm. My opinion doesn't help. Mm. You can have so an opinion. If you want to get a message out, yeah, you can definitely get a message out via Twitter. Um, I think mass media nowadays, especially with the artificial intelligence and all the things that are Facebook's doing, um, with all their background algorithms trying to capture all your data and sell it to other companies for um, ads and things of that nature, I think it's better off. It's better off not to do that because you don't know. Mm-hmm. Listen, I could, you could, you could, I could be selling, t- pushing an image. Say I have a million, two million. Say I have fourteen million followers. Whatever, I put out mm-hmm. something, and it's my opinion. But my viewers like me that much, and his opinion, and say, but yet it's not really much, really my opinion. It's the opinion that my company or um, the per my agent wants me to sit there and back. That's the opinion they want me. So it's really not my opinion half the time. If I come out and say this is my opinion, nobody else is telling me, that's a different story. Like, we'll take the Antonio Brown fiasco. It's been in the news for the last two and a half weeks, ever since he took off his shirt and ran off the field. <laughs> I hate on the man. Do you, brother? But I can honestly tell you, marketing, it was the greatest marketing campaign I've ever seen. Because guess what? Nobody has stopped talking about Antonio Brown, good or bad. If you, Now, does it mean that he's a bad person? No, because you don't know Antonio Brown. Everybody keeps trying to make him out to be a villain. I don't know this man. Have you sat down and did you grow up with this man when you played ball with him, sat down, ate dinner with his mom, ate dinner with his dad? Like, do you know it? No, you don't. So you're judging the man on a 30-second video, which is crazy because that's how our – society regardless of where you come from that's how we perceive people and within the first 10 seconds you judge somebody and you're not even realizing you're judging them and you'll know if you're going to hang with them or not 
but but is that is that where where is that coming from? Is that more from a from a social media perspective in terms of our our attention span being so short and we just judge upon sight, or is it? Not more just, oh wow, you hit on a big picture. It's not just social. Yes, it's social media, hundred percent. But you have to think having all this all this opportunity to technology makes us very far from each other. If that makes sense, mm. that technology, I don't have to come see you. I don't have to have a face-to-face interaction with you. It makes this more separate than it has ever before. When I grew up, if you that was like the age when video games were just coming in. You wanted to go play a video game. Not everybody had video games. You had to go ride your bike to somebody's house who had a video game. And even then, you were waiting for the video game. 15 people waiting to play. No, I told you remember those days, boy. Shoot. Yeah, pedaling down the block, hoping to play. You know, it got to a point, I remember I used to, you can afford the games, but you would afford a controller and make right. sure you had yours. <laughs> right. Yeah, those days. yeah, man, you bring your own controller? Not messing mine up. You know what I mean? Yeah, those are very fun times. It's funny how we've evolved in such a, I, I, I want to say a short period of time, but it hasn't been that long, you know? Um, It has been a short period of time. You got it right on the head. <clears throat> if you think in the time frame, if you think about the time frame, I would say from World War One till now, mm-hmm. he has jumped drastically and takes leaps and bounds and strides. And it doesn't make sense. How did we go from, okay, we just found fire to, okay, we know how to make clothes and uh, crude tools and crude utensils to, okay, now we have laser cut diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> and it's short. And, and, and many, many people are going to say, oh, well, well, it wasn't that long. It was a couple hundred years. Uh, a couple hundred years in the grand scheme of so-called evolution, that's actually a very short time. Usually it takes millions of years for things to evolve. Well, that's what I'm that's what the scientists claim. We'll just say that. That's scientific theory, which I believe all theories are just exactly that. Theories. They're not proven right. Mm. Mm. So, but, but what about that theory in terms of life imitating art? Isn't that some kind of... It's a theory. To that? It's a theory. Mm. Art is life and life is art. Mm. What you just said is just a theory. There's, there's no theory when it comes to life and art. I mean, Simple as that. It comes down to basic, basic human instincts. You have a man, you have a woman, creates a baby. That's art. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, exactly. What what is art? You know, I mean, it comes down to really pursuing whatever it is that kind of keeps you going. But before we go into any more uh, philosophical um, breakdowns, uh, let's tap into some music real quick. Um, uh, last time we were talking, we were more or less finding out what exactly is the superpower when it comes to uh, creating art form, but we really didn't tap into in terms of uh, how you started playing in the first place. Breakdown, do you remember your first your first kit, your first uh, introduction to, to the drums? I remember you, want, you said before that I think trumpet was your first love, right? Was your first uh, musical instrument? No, trumpet was trumpet was was my uh, so trumpet was my first musical instrument. It was not my first love. I could not stand playing trumpet. I could not stand playing trombone. I could not stand playing tuba because those were the instruments the music teacher was forcing me to play because he we had too many people who wanted to play drums. 
So I skipped music class all through elementary school. I never went to music class. Didn't care. Couldn't even read. I didn't even care to try and read music. Still can't read music to this day. It just looks like funky letters to me in my mind. I can read numbers when I did go to class and I actually did take class for uh, when I was doing trumpet. The teacher would have to actually write down the numbers for my fingers. You'd say this one's three, this one's two, this one's one. Mm. Uh, index fingers one, middle fingers two, ring fingers three. And then he would break out the numbers three, two, one, and three, two, and three, three, and one. And that's how I'd, I'd read my notes. Um, drums, it just so happened, like I said, uh, I think I did, I don't know if I said this, but one of my friends in sixth grade, he, his dad was a professional musician and was a bassist. Um, I believe he was just a studio bassist. And him and his, his my best friend and his dad, he had, uh, over 50 bases combined in one year he got a drum set because he wanted to start learning drums and i don't be over his house all the time just messing around on the bass and all when he once he got his drum set i started playing the drums like dude i want to do this i can definitely start playing drums and then i asked for a drum set for christmas and there you go never turned back wow wow oh was it was it like uh you remember your first kit or was it something that you kind of put together or was it like uh no uh, so the when i really wanted to get a kit was i believe it was 1992 Lollapalooza. they were showing on mtv and it was uh red hot chili peppers they were playing live and they were playing magic johnson and chad smith had a drum solo uh him and flea and that is the sole reason why i wanted a drum kit just right there when I saw that, I was like, I'm done. Good, I want one. Um, it was an old CW kit. Uh, it was a four-piece set? Five-piece set. Hold on, let me see. Um, yeah, it was a five-piece set, and then it came and then it came with symbols separately. Two symbols and hi-hats. It was all CW off-brand stuff. Um, but yeah, at that point I, I didn't really care. And I know when my, I got the drum set, I got two free weeks of lessons. And by the time I actually went to go start lessons, it was like probably in the new year, second week of the new year after I, after Christmas, I got it for a Christmas present. And by the, I had already taught myself how to play Green Day's album, their first album, Dookie. I literally learned how to play that from great album. First track album. to end a track. Honestly, this was years ago. We're going over twenty years ago. Like, there's certain tracks I'm like, oh yeah, I can still play that. But I literally learned how to play every single song, start to finish, because I liked punk. I liked punk at the time. I thought that was cool. That they were big. I liked Chili Peppers, Stone Temple Pilots at that time. Um, no doubt at that time, Three Eleven was out at that time. Rage Against Machine, those bands. Oh yeah. Oh, the the nineties the nineties kind of grunge scene if that makes sense but yeah Dookie was it for for me that's how I learned how to play drums and by the time I went to go take lessons by the second week of lessons I hated it because it felt like he was teaching me just regular wind up monkey doll tat 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 and then he would say all right one and two and just regular beats and then literally. And the last episode, he's like, oh, I saw that you didn't want to continue taking lessons. What's going on? Are you going to continue playing drums? And I showed him that I'm playing triplets with one foot. And he was like, I didn't realize that you were that good or else I would have just skipped you past all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we all had our first instructors like that. I, when I started playing guitar, I, my first song was uh, uh, 
but oh, um, Bob Marley's uh, "No Woman No Cry." So that that was that. All I did was learn the intro to it, and then from there, just like you know what, I'll, I'll figure it out from there. But uh, yeah, it's the beginning of the the new um, introductions with instructors. I know those stories; those are pretty cool. And what about now? Now, now you got like a massive kid. You've grown from from that first set, right? Yeah, I got my second kid. Is that the one you have now? Yeah, I want to say I got that a while ago. Not a while. About, it's been ten years since I've had that kid. Now it's time for a new kid, but well, I like playing on it too much. I don't don't care to get that. Um, God, I have to go think about it. Hold on, give me one second. What do I have set up now? Because mm-hmm. I, I interchange drums. So the setup when it's fully set up, starting from left to right, uh, we start with octatoms. No, excuse me. Yes, octatoms stacked on top of rototoms. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that is an 18-inch AAX explosion crash. Then stacked on the explosion crash is a zilbel. Then next to that, or in between, next to that lower is going to be my hi-hats, which is a uh, custom A Zildjian hi-hat 14-inch. Uh, then right above that, I have a cowbell. Right mm-hmm. to the side of that. And the, the base set is a, um, I believe it's an X7, PDP X7 series set. So it's a one, two, three, uh, three hang toms, two four toms. Plus nice. bass drum. I'm playing on a uh, God. What is the California name? I just I just picked it up two years ago. The snare I switched out. It's a brand of DW, but it's it's something made. It's made in Cali. I think it's Orange Orange uh, Orange County. That's what it is. That's the snare I'm using. I think that's what the name of it is. I literally just got it. Got it a year or two ago, and I judged smart smacking on it, it sounded it had good pop good echo um but outside of that prior to that i was using the x7 series snare and that was fine um just wasn't deep the, it wasn't deep it was kind of shallow the actual um shell itself so that's the base setup there so if you take the very tiniest smallest tom i have that directly above my hi-hat that's the first hanging tom next stacked above that i have a b8 a uh, 14 inch crash. Then it goes two toms, hanging toms next to those. Above that, I have a 16 inch, um, believe a stage crash. If it's not a stage crash, I swapped out my stage crash for the custom A because I have different symbols that I can cut that six out of the 16 inch that I can swap out. Then on top of that, I have stacked a 18 inch extreme china. And then stacked to the right of that, I have an explode 18 inch explosion crash next to an 18 inch custom A crash. Down below, above my two floor toms, I have a 22 extreme metal ride, which I can swap in and out with my custom A ride if I need to. And then mm-hmm. stacked right directly above that is a 16 inch uh, stage crash. Nice, nice. Now, then I just actually I just added just added a second hi hat too. So I do have that's a kid that's always closed. So I have another hi hat that's a um, fourteen inch AAX extreme metal hi hats that are closed. 
That's what I'm talking. How did how did you eventually find your tone? Like when he, I mean, because that, that sounds like a lot of pieces. But how did you know what specific piece to get? Different songs. When you start playing and you want to hit a different, when you have want to have a higher tone drum, or you want your drums to sound more like a bongo style drum, um, that's what just kind of kept going. And then cymbals. I'm like a cymbal addict. I can't have enough. That's mm. that's they they've come out with so many new symbols. Like, I hate going to Guitar Center or Sam Ash because I look at the new symbols. I'm like, I want all of them. And it's like um, some many people. I remember I had this problem every time I go in. Some one of the store people will walk up to me and be, Hey, um, oh yeah, that, that sound right there that crash is good. And it's like, yeah, it won't fit. And they're like, What do you mean? Well, I have this hat. I always look for a high and low. When I have my sets and I have my crashes and splashes and. Um, my crash rides, I always look for a like a kind of high-low type of sound or a high-high or a low-low. Uh, so that way you can counteract one sound with the other so you can hear the change in the cymbals. I keep that balance, yeah. Have to. Yeah. Now, with all that being said, right, um, what, I had a question someone asked me a couple of weeks ago. They were telling me, they asked me, what does it take as a drummer to um to prepare for a show? Right? Especially some they haven't played, they really they 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 they're getting into it. As a drummer, right, yourself as well. Uh, what's your advice in terms of preparation for a show? For someone that hasn't done it and wants to get into it, like what's your advice? Treat it like treat it like it's your job. Mm. And what I mean by that is for me, I have a sports background. Um, I played division one sports. I played uh, arena football, not for long, literally and nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, I only lasted three weeks and my Achilles blew out and that was it. But when you're playing uh, college sports at that level, and you're playing any division college sport, um, I just happen to play subpar. So it's division one. It's a full-time job. There's no break. It's either you're in school or you're doing something with football or you're on that sport. So music, you think that, okay, I'm just going to sit here and I'll practice for 20 minutes. No, 20 minutes is good, but you should go back and practice again. You should be practicing. When I sit there and practice, for instance, when we were practicing for our gigs and we practice for our gigs and we do have gigs coming up. No, I practice till I get. No, there's no flaw whatsoever where I know. I can literally play it, and I'll run through it twice. If I can play it twice without making any mistake, I got it down. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain times, like, for instance, there are certain songs that I know, um, and I'm sure plenty of drummers get like this because it happens all the time, where certain musicians will, I, well, I'm going to start playing this sound, then you get into playing that sound, you're like, oh, yeah, I can play this sound, but then yet, oh, shit, I have to play this song for four measures. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, I thought I was only going to play this for two measures or maybe one measure, not for four measures, then we have a break and then we're going back again for four measures. Oh crap. And the whole song is about five, six minutes long. Yeah. That is a little bit different that you have to build yourself up. Um, We had a song, you and I, you, you know, Rivington, Rivington for me, that's pretty much running for about four minutes straight. (laughs) (laughs) So to prepare for that is literally, because you know, I I run with the double pedals and I didn't give you my pedals. It's the DW 5,000, 3,000 or 5,000. They were, the three thousands, but they switched the three thousands to the five thousands right before I bought them. So technically they're the five thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for instance, on that song, it's a lot. That song is very heavy double pedal driven on the, on the actual drums. 
So it's a lot of, okay, just sitting there. One, two, three, four, one, two, three. Nonstop, just to keep, make sure the left foot is just consistent as the right foot and the hits of each pedal of each time sound every, like, just like you're hitting somebody in the chest each time. doesn't matter if it's my right foot or left foot. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it goes almost like that. Um, what's that? Uh, uh, man, I was just thinking of Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid when he would go uh, uh, wipe and, oh, man. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Yeah, man. Such a classic film. I can't believe it. It's very, very similar in that aspect. But then you have to, like, again, then we'll switch it up. I'll, I'll throw a wrench in there for you. We'll, we'll switch to a different song. Um, we'll talk, for instance, we can talk about OY. OY, not so much bass drum driven, it is floor tom driven. So, guess what? I know, for instance, I'm doing the floor tom, I'm right handed. That is my tempo hand. I need to make sure my forearm is strong enough to make sure I can hit those 32s on that floor top and consistently yeah. for that song. Yeah. Talking about OY, we were in the studio uh, and uh, actually we got to give a big shout out to Robert. Robert plays bass as well. We'll be talking with him. Much first. love, Robert, Robert, Robert. Yeah, incredible artist as well. Um, the Pink we Bunny. The, uh, huh? <laughs> the Pink Bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the new bass, but I'm pretty sure he'll fill us in on both of those. Uh, the, he has a bass called uh, Pink Bunny and a new bass, um, which is really cool. I think he'll let us all know about that one. But um, yeah, Omar has been a really great work in progress in the studio. Um, but uh, now we're trying to move over to a new way of recording with this whole pandemic happening. I mean, there's a lot of musicians as well that's kind of going through the same thing. But um, you can. You recently came upon upon something that kind of helped us out. Uh, yes, I'm actually working on it still. I'll probably hopefully have it up and running. Hopefully by the end of the weekend for us, um, since we all have the utilities. But it's this. It's a new. It's a app called Jamus. Um, J A M U S. If that's correct, um, if I'm if I'm Jamis, spelling that yeah. correctly, yes, Jamus. And what that does is it, it it creates almost like a server. Um, public server and private server where literally you guys um, you create your service through your IP address um, obviously you have to have an interface which we pretty sure we all have after the discussions you and I have had we all have interfaces and you need a laptop um, once you have all that that stuff hooked up um, you would select the channel that you're running your interface through and then you invite the other individuals via your IP address and you can set up a private um pretty much a private session. It's almost like a, a Zoom session, but for musicians. It's actually really cool. Um, okay, the musicians, very, very cool. now. Now, you guys definitely need to make sure you understand exactly what this man just said because we just gave you some food for thought, okay? You heard it here first on the Creative Talks here on Creative Talk Podcast. Now, Jamis is the jam. We're still working on it. It's a work in progress, but it's definitely something that uh, you guys should definitely look into. That's what's up, man. That's a really, yeah. Really doing oh, I'm I'm excited. Says, I know if you have it's it's e it is easier if you do have an electronic kit because I know for drummers out there, <clears throat> it could be a serious issue just because hey, you may not have a four channel interface. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you may only have that one plug for your electronic kit, and that's fine. That's all you really need if you do have an electronic kit. I just so happen to have actual mics and stands um, just because when I record at home, I want to actually use my actual drum kit, not uh, electronic or soft software one. Um, so, yeah, I usually mic my stuff. So, we're like I said, we're, it's a work, like you said, it's a work in progress, but it should be up and running for us hopefully by the end of the weekend. Hopefully be, uh, we'll be jamming on it and doing rehearsal this come upcoming week here. Definitely, That's the goal. We definitely, look for, we definitely look forward to that. Um, in our projects, you can also catch us on occasion when, and when we're in the studio. Uh, sometimes Action has his uh his camera on. I also have my stuff on. You can catch that. Robert has his. So there's ways that we're trying to get the music out there. But normally we get together on Thursdays, and um, hopefully we can get a lot get uh get on the air a lot sooner now that we have the podcast. And in addition to the videos that would be streamlining so those are really great avenues to check out yeah um, for the for the avenue for i know you just said i stream yes i usually stream through tiktok if they are interested like i said it's action at, uh it is at action two two three four mm-hmm. and action two two three four um is there any anything that you're listening to these days which what's on the uh what's on the um oh man i'm trying to go i'm gonna be honest with you it's gonna sound crazy um so in my cd player i forgot it's a five disc cd chainer yeah i'm bringing it back for those those young bucks who don't know what cds are yeah i used to have you had me you had me on silent i was like oh shit did he say cd player so i uh i i hit it by mistake and i hit cd one and it started playing old some old mixes that I had that I made from high school. I'm like, get the F out of here. So let me listen to this. Switching through the CDs, found an awesome, awesome band that I literally, when I found this band, I'm not going to lie to you, I'll, I'll tell you the story of how I found this band. Um, I fell in love with them. Um, found them by mistake. It's they're, they're, The band's name is 10 Years. Uh, their very first album is called Wasteland. And damn, those guys can fucking play, man. Just They, they just bring it. Um, it's one of the few albums that, and it's an album I brought completely honestly by mistake. And it's one of the few albums that I can honestly still listen to this day and I don't have to sing it, change a track, period. Because every single song, now I don't, now this is where, this is where I cannot stand and why I still love CDs. I cannot stand actual downloads from iPods or, you know, iTunes or whatever, because when you actually have that CD, it doesn't skip. You don't hear the skip. So on this CD, their actual original Wasteland CD, every track is continuous. So you don't know the tracks change. So it's just with the, when the first song tra- starts, it keeps going. So it's kind of almost like a little, it's kind of similar to Tool um, on some of their tracks, on some of their CDs, but it's freaking just mind-blowing. And I'll tell you the story behind it. I was looking for, this is the, the year that, I think it was it might have been 2003 or 2004, Um Coheed and Cambria had came out with their album, Writing the Writer. I think it's, oh no, Apollo. Is it Writing the Writer? Or Apollo or something, something. It was the one that had Welcome Home on it. Uh, the, one of their, their big hit, Welcome Home. And I, and I literally was looking for it because I remember I was at my best friend's house. It was like midnight and, and on MTV, they were just showing music. So I was getting ready to go home. And literally that came on. I just remember this dude with big fucking hair. And I called my best friend. That Sunday, and I was literally driving to Best Buy and FYE. I'm like, bro, who the fuck? Do you remember that band that we were saying? He's like, yeah, that, yeah, I remember that song was awesome. What the hell was that guy's name? He had big ass hair. Google him real quick. See so if you can Google bands that have lead singers that have big hair. 
<laughs> not realizing it was Coheed and Cambria. He goes, yes, 10 years. I was like, all right, cool, 10 years. I buy the CD at Best Buy. I put it in my car. Because back then in my car, we're going old school on this. I had a amazing sound system. I used to drive everywhere. I used to have a 5,000-watt system in my car. It was amazing. Um, and it was, wasn't just for rap because some people like the big bass booms. No, I had it tuned to where it just sounded like a rock concert if I wanted to in my damn car. <laughs> so I mean I, I put it in I put it in there I start blasting like bro this is not the CD but then I go back and I listen to two or three tracks I'm like actually this is not a bad band let me listen to this and I just kept driving around I listened to the whole CD I was like bro this actually is a good CD and I call I call my best friend bro I'm like this ain't it but it's a good CD thanks for the thanks for the help <laughs> nice. Nice. but I've been listening to a, a lot of them um, I actually got started listening to um God, what is the name of them? Smashing Pumpkins. That's a name drop. Mm. Um, yeah, I did their double CD album that has uh, Zero and the hell is it called? The World Is a Vampire. Right, nice. Classic. Yep, being listen to that. Um. I don't know why, but for some reason, Rage Against Machine, I have no idea why I keep listening to them, but it's like oh, I've been I mean, listening to them. It's a classic album. Classic it, it's, I don't know what it is. It's just Tom Morello is just an insane guitar player with his sound. He is a beast. Um, Corn. I don't know. Corn yeah. for some reason. Like, I just get, I get in moods where it's like, I won't listen to Corn for months. Do you remember like, P.O.D.? I see. Yeah, same thing with them. I listen to so I have my my job. So I listen to Corn, Pod, uh, Slipknot, um, and who else? will I listen. There's a bunch of bands like that. Just um, not Stone Temple Pilots. Um, who's the other band that is like uh, Pod? Oh, there are such many great bands. Man. So Pod, yeah, I listen. I actually have Testify on CD. I have that CD. It's that CD is fine. They're a Christian. They're a Christian rock punk band, metal band. I would never know their Christian metal band. Oh, I actually testify. I actually, if you actually listen to that album, it makes absolute sense. Yeah. 100% sense. Because that album, people were very pissed off when that album came out. And they're like, what the hell is this? I love that album. I think that album's yeah, dope. I thought it was a great album, too. I, I mean, shit. I Ooh, Lenny Kravitz specifically. I believe it's his um, five album oh, five. Five, five is a great album. <laughs> no. It's not. People hate that album. I love that album. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, I, I, shit, I think he went double platinum with that one. No, that was his worst album. Wow. Hands down, that, that was literally his worst album. People thought that was the least, least, if you're a fan of Lenny Kravitz, that's anybody's most fans of Lenny Kravitz, that's the least album, least favorite album, because it's not really rock. It's not guys, what he was you, known for. If you guys, if you guys agree to to what you're saying, if you guys agree to Lenny Grab Lenny Kravitz five album being a flop or one of the greatest, leave a comment into the uh, for rock, rock albums. Album. It's a flop because it's not a rock album. If you, that's why people are pissed. It's more, it's more monotones. Yeah, let let us know. It's more monotone. I love that album. That album is a love story, bro. I, I thought it was a great album myself. I, I, I mean, thought it was awesome. I don't I need you. You don't need to change the track on the album, bro. 
You don't. That's the one that's. I wanna get away. I wanna fly away. Beautiful album. Who wasn't playing that at that time? That was a great album. I'm gonna be honest. That's the worst song on that album. That's what. That's. I'll say that's. That's the one thing I'll stop people. That's the worst song on that album. But keep in mind, though, we're listening it. We're we're reviewing it now, you know. But at that time when it first came out, fresh to our ears. I mean, shit, dude. That that was, you know, that was a pretty good record, you know. Man, I, I, I thought it was. An, that was I record. thought it was an amazing record. So don't get it twisted, people. You can you can tell you can you can answer the question. I'm not hating on album because I love no, that no, album. We 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 uh, hopefully we'll get enough comments that we can look back. We on need some comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely gonna we'll we'll find out, guys. If you guys think that five was a great record, leave a reason why, and uh, yeah, give us your feedback on what do you think about that record. I'll give another name drop. Stained. Oh, dude, that's one of my favorite. It's been Stained. Oh, that's a great record. That no, that well, that album, that album was awesome. Yeah, that um, that that was a good. That was definitely a good album. I think it was track seven or eight was my favorite track on that. Um, I think yeah. it's called Welcome Home. It's a weird monotone type of song, but it's really uh, it's about how he finds um, he's like always on the road, but he always finds comfort in his family. That's that's the, that's what the song's about. It's a beautiful song. He's got a he's a very interesting songwriter. And he's got a very beautiful uh, uh, beautiful sound because that's he he you have to understand that sound same. They grew up in the they got big during the the age of moaning. If that makes sense, mm. moaning mm. like the Creed and all those other bands yeah. that just moan. They don't really sing. The last mm. true for me, the last true type of singing. In rock was the eighties. True thing. We're like in you listen to like old metal. I'm talking Metallica. I'm talking metal. Like um Iron Maiden, where he's literally singing. It sounds like he's singing opera, but he's singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I I wasn't really I mean wasn't really much of a of a maiden guy. I I I was more of that you know like uh, hard engine kind of guy when it comes to that. More like Metallica, you know. I, 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 I like the Metallica army. You know? I liked I liked Metallica too, uh, but I can't say that I didn't like other metal as well. Maiden, there's some Maiden songs that were I really like. Um, what about Rat or Poison? I mean, now we're going a little deeper. Rat is better than Poison. Poison was more, let's just throw a bunch of makeup on, and if I can have sex with myself in the mirror, then I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's that's Poison. what it was at that time. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that genre was very interesting for music. Like music, rock music in general, was trying to find a lot of different, there's a lot of different avenues that they tried to lump in so many different types of rock. That's where a lot of different genres of rock started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we could even go as far as, you know, well, now we're giving a little bit of history lesson, but in terms of where music comes from, rock music is evolving from the blues and then from there just cutting a lot of, little bit of distortion and, and voila, you know, there you go. And then after a while, the evolution of just not giving a fuck and just playing playing with your heart out you know just yeah it's, it's been an evolution of music man I, I, it's been, gonna... if you think of man you just brought up a good good good, thing, good uh point there now i want everybody to stop and think here even you 
Mm-hmm. Go back to the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. 30s even. Rock and roll back then was very structured. You went outside of the boundaries, you were shunned. You were in music. In the oh, music yeah. Industry. Shunned. Let's just be serious, people. Nowadays, if you're not unique enough, you'll never make it. That's yeah. where. That's how far we have come. Yeah, but I, I do. I, I kind of, kind of see a little different there because nowadays, I mean, we, we can control. Well, thanks to, I think one of the pioneers was Prince when he, um, when he went against the system and, you know, he, he, he fought for his masters and all the other stuff, giving the artists now. The, the groundwork to create whatever it is they want, you know. I mean that that's that's a Prince changed Prince Prince changed the game. Not only for not only the sound of music, just how musicians should hold themselves in general. You got to understand the record labels hated Prince. They hated oh, yeah. him because oh, yeah. he Prince would make all this music at his house, man. And then you could go back. There's interviews of this and, and of people who talk about this now and. They'd come up to Prince and be like, and be like, "Hey, Prince, we got you another residency. We're gonna try and forward you another X amount of dollars for your new contract." And he'd be like, "No, I don't need you forward me anything." And they're mm-hmm. like, "Wait, well, that's just normal in the music industry. We always give you guys money up front to do what you need." He's like, "No, I got got my own situation, doing my own thing." And for them, that's scary, especially mm-hmm. in that day, because you you have an artist musician who's that famous who doesn't is not owned by a record label, who does mm-hmm. who's literally trying to break away from the scene. Um, yeah. Like I said, he said he he was doing that before people. You got to go back to go back to the boy bands. That was like the biggest treachery and just unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, how can I, how can I say this without being too evil, making it sound too evil? It's just uh, unbelievable it's how you take advantage of people. Just let it no. out. It's it was just so unbelievable how they took advantage of every single boy band when they when they were out there. Um, I watched the documentary. I'd have to go back. I can get you the name next time we when that next time I come on. Um, but he was literally the manager, or he was either the, the lead person for the label or the manager for all major boy bands. I'm talking Backstreet, NSYNC. Um, who was a uh, was it wasn't Marky Mark? Who was the guys before who were near Marky? What was the band he was in? Uh, it wasn't Marky Mark and the and the Funky Bunch. It was a different one. God, my sister loved him. But anyways, it was a boy band before that. Um, then five degrees, order fifty degrees, forty five degrees, or ninety five degrees, wherever those. Burn. He owned all of them. And guess how much money? And I'm, I'll specifically talk about Backstreet Boys because they were on this. Backstreet Boys. How much do you think they made after their first two albums? Yeah, yeah. we're talking triple. Their, their first two albums were damn near triple platinum. Period. It's insane how much how much they those albums how famous those albums are and we're talking boy band stuff like we're not talking and this was through the entire industry but this just blew up because this is how big and famous those kids were they made twenty I think it was twenty five thousand they said or some shit like that off their first two albums wow because their manager scheme their contract scheme they had it written in their contract that was schemed where pretty much they didn't get anything that dude who owned them got everything. Yeah, yeah, that 360 contract, that 360. Right, and that's pretty much, and like I said, Prince was like the entrepreneur and like the, the groundbreaking person who was pretty much was like, nah, man, I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. And then from that point on, just kind of opened the doors for all of us, you know. Prince, man. Mm. Uh, 
we're about to wrap this thing up because uh, really it's just uh, normally we're, we're building up the platform so that we can kind of build things up in terms of an hour or so and make things more a little bit more interesting. Yeah, man. Um, well, I'm not trying to give out all my damn secrets. Come on, boy. No, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This, this is what keeps it going. This is, uh, this is what really um, is the joyful part about this podcast is because people want to know what's going on. And it also just gives a little bit of insight on on what artists can expect or what they can learn along the way to the happiness. But um, word of the day. What's the word of the day for you? What can you leave us with? Patience. Mm. Mm. Patience. Gotta have patience. All forms of patience. Not just, oh, oh, I spilled milk. I'm, I'm, I don't scream. No, patience. People are too... Especially nowadays, people people want things now more than ever. Too way too much. I want this now. Oh, why can't I get this? Well, technology. Technology has changed people to where if they don't get it this second. Then people get short tempered. Um, patience. Mm. Patience. 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 That's deep, that's deep and that's beautiful. Um. Ladies and gentlemen, this, my name is Ray, and I'm your host here at Creative Talks, here with the one and only, the man of the hour, Action Jackson. You can catch his stuff on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Action, one more time, just provide us with, uh, with your link to where we can find you. Oh, yeah. Uh, Instagram and TikTok are uh, at Action2234. Um, believe you can find my facebook once you find me on instagram it's linked right to it so you can find me on facebook via instagram too so i just give you those two and you can get the up get the third um youtube coming shortly my friend great great well this is where we're we're, uh we're making this happen um we are we're on daily but definitely we will be on uh dominantly on uh thursday so uh, hopefully we can try to catch up again next week if you're solo, if you're around. Um, I know there's a lot of things going on, but uh, we definitely like to catch us up again next week. Sounds good. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Thank you so much for joining us on Creative Talks here on Creative Talk Podcast, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you next week. And thanks so much for logging on. Much, much, much blessed. Appreciate you, Ray. Peace, brother. All right, man. <laughs>